Hi, this is Dion Bake from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 90. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me again is Sandy McKay. Hey, hey Sandy, how's it going? I love that pause. Every episode you do that, it's cool. You never know who it's like going to be. Makes me feel like a... It's going to be someone different one day. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> uh, you're rocking the beard. Weird, eh? Yeah. First no, time. no, it's so weird. I'm about 10 years, 10 years late on the trend, but yeah, it's, uh, it's itchy. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made, a, I made a bet. We're doing something on our team here just around um, uh, some like scripting and whatnot. And uh, it was, I actually can shave it now because he lost on this thing we did this week, but I don't know. I, just kind of going to ride it out a little bit longer. It should have been whoever lost shaved their head. That would have been. That would have been, that would have been scarier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll keep it going for a bit. Makes me look a bit older, I think. There's a little bit of, you can't see it here, but there's a little gray in there. And... Oh, no, I can see it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, it looks good. Looks good. Uh, what else is new? Uh, what else is new? I don't know. It's not a whole lot that, that's extremely exciting. I guess we're um, just been a busy spring with, uh, with real estate and everything. It's been pretty good and active. So yeah, just kind of riding that out and getting through the busy season. You got the property management, you got the investing, you got all that stuff going on. And uh, okay, cool. Uh, you? Me? Uh, yeah. Well, we've got, I've got a property closing in about a month. Um, so I'm excited about that, just planning that out and I'm going to be doing videos and stuff like that once we can get in there. So, uh, yesterday we got turned away at our revisit where I had the contractors with me. So that was kind of a bummer. You know, I go to the door and the person's just like, no, man, I don't know. You're not, 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 not today, dude. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I guess we'll come back, but, um, no, we'll get in there. We'll get it done. Well, the only other exciting thing is, and we'll talk later, but we're trying to, we are working on <clears throat> getting this live show at some point. And, the live uh, show. We're going to record a live show with a, with, a, with a cool guest. We don't know who it is yet, but we're planning on making it something that uh, it'll be pretty interesting because people will be able to come attend, ask questions, which is a little bit different because now there's not really any way for people to call, uh, people to ask the guest questions, right? They have to just take the answers that they get as we go through. So it'll be interesting and I think it'll be fun. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll just tease that for now, but September, October, November, it's going to be in one of those months, <laughs> very likely. <laughs> we probably do two in those months, but uh, yeah. Good. 
Yeah. But it'll be uh, good. We'll, we'll, everyone should uh, to look look out for that and uh, and keep tabs on that because it's going to be a fun event. Good to good to come out and, and meet some of the, the other listeners as well and and ourselves and uh, and I think it'll be an awesome event. So. And speaking of events, if you want to hear what Sandy and I are up to, you can go to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca and there you will be able to sign up for uh, our our uh, our list, I guess, to get on our list. That way you'll find out about all the events that Sandy and I both have coming up in our respective cities. And, uh, and what else? You can hear every episode that we've recorded there as well. So just go to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. And... Um, you can uh, also find all of our social media links there as well. And iTunes, of course. Jump on iTunes and uh, give us a review. I know uh, we say that every show, but it really helps us build up our, our following there and it helps us uh, attract some great guests and bring more great content to everyone. So jump on there. Again, if you're listening on there, it's really easy. Just uh, hit the review section and, and leave us a, a review. Yeah, we haven't had any new reviews in the last two weeks. So get on there, guys. Let us know what you think about the show and we will read them on the air as well as take your advice and run with it. So uh, I guess that's about it. Now we, uh, today we are super happy to have with us Debbie Gilbert and she's going to be sharing with us the need for senior housing options to address the steadily increasing senior demographic in Canada, as well as one of the most deadly challenges facing some seniors today, which is well, we'll find out later, but it's here in front of me. So that happens to be social isolation, which, uh, you know, sometimes that, that, that burdens me as well. We'll talk about that. So Debbie, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks, Debbie. Um, for, for those who don't know, and I'll, I'll read a quick bio here on Debbie so I uh, can uh, help people understand who you are and where you've come from here. So Debbie's born and raised in Barrie, and her career has been been buried, including running her own business, owning and operating a franchise, uh, executive director of a local charity, and working with senior administrative positions in education and family mental health. And she believes all her work and life experiences brought her to her current career, which is as a real estate entrepreneur. And of course, that being why we, we had her on our show here. And she's got some, some great things to continue talking about. She's also uh, downsized and outsourced from her J-O-B in 2015. And... Uh, decided at that point, I guess, to get some really formal education on real estate investing. Uh, wasted no time. She started building wealth through real estate. And she's a full-time investor. She manages her own properties in, uh, in the Barrie and Aurelia area. area. Uh, she's got some duplexes, student rentals, a little bit of a mix of the style of properties she has there. We'll talk a bit about that. And she's done some coaching, speaking, writing. Uh, she's all over the place at a lot of the real estate investment meetup groups around the area. And... Um, and a difficult experience with an older person in 2017 inspired her uh, on her journey for her new project, which is called Rose Hill Heights. We'll talk a lot about that, uh, which is basically shared housing for senior women. And uh, you can find a lot more about that story over on our video, on the video at our website, rosehillheights.com. And again, just welcome to the show. Debbie, anything else to add to that, that bio there? Does that cover most of your journey so far? Oh, I would say my full-time journey, yes, but uh, it all started actually in the late 80s. Okay, I'm dating myself here, but uh, I was an accidental investor in that my grandfather purchased a large house and uh, put in a second suite long before it was, you know, in vogue. And he lived in the second suite, which was just beautiful. Uh, and I took care of him. And he passed away in 1992 and left me the house. Thus, I have a house 
with the second suite, it's very addicting. And so in one form or another, until I began my full-time uh, real estate investing career in 2015, I've always had a rental property of one kind or another, but just dabbling in it until I became a full-time investor. So let's talk a little bit more about your dabbling then. So you got that one place and that was, and, and when did that happen? Sorry, when did he pass? 1992. <laughs> 92. So yes. after that, you got, you said it was addictive. So you got a bug right away or it was something that sort of built up? No, I didn't understand the value of what I had, actually. What it, it turned out that obviously I had no mortgage and I rented it out through hooker by crook. I found a fantastic tenant. She was with me for almost ever. And uh, I mean, the income that I was getting from this second suite was just gravy. It was really cool. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't earmarked for anything. It wasn't necessary for expenses. And, uh, and so it was fun money. And that's the addicting part, not the real estate investing. Uh, when I sold that house, actually, I was able to purchase two townhouses. So one did not have any mortgage, and then the one that I lived in had a mortgage. So obviously, uh, you know, the money from the rental covered a good part of my mortgage. And, and so I was just dabbling in it. I didn't really understand, uh, you know, the big picture, how it works and how you can build wealth through real estate. It was just kind of dabbling in it until I got some formal education. Well, that's fantastic. That's the same experience that I had for the most part, just uh, the the um, accidental thing as well and, and okay. the gravy money, right? So yeah. then, when all of a sudden you go from, this is my experience, not having any money left over at the end of the month uh, or a lot of month left at the end of the money, as they say, <laughs> um, we went to all of a sudden now having some extra money that we had, like that we just weren't expecting. So that was really the wake up call for us. Now you said that the next step was your education. Yes. Uh, I was uh, downsized and outsourced from my J-O-B. Thank you very much, Sandy. Uh, in 2015. And that's when I really started to look at things and begin to understand um, the value of building wealth in a long-term basis through real estate. So I started reading a couple of books. Of course, I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad like in the 90s when it came out. I actually have cash flow for kids for my daughter and she was, she was playing that when she was six back in the, get it? in the late 90s. Right from the Rich Dad Corporation. I know it's not that anymore. I don't even know what it is anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it's so old that it came on the three and a half inch disc. I have the board game and then I have the three and a half inch disc that went uh -huh. into the computer. So anyway, so I knew about all that stuff. I mean, it was always percolating in the back of my mind, but not until... I, I, I reread Rich Dad and then I found Don Campbell and I found Julie Broad and, uh, you know, all these great Canadian authors giving us the absolute honest truth, the stuff that works here. I thought, man, I got to get a piece of this. And that's when I decided to, uh, to move forward with education. Funnily enough, my education ended up being mostly in the States and I began investing in the States. I still hold some swampland in Florida, in case anyone is interested. 
it's not swampland really. It's a lovely building lot. Um, but then, you know, I came, I came back up here and uh, Barrie, which as you both know, is probably one of the top five cities to invest in, in Ontario. Uh, that's my backyard. And uh, there was just a plethora of, of, of opportunities here, right in my own backyard, right in Barrie. And so I started to apply the knowledge that I learned in my education to investing here in Barrie, and I've been here ever since. Now, before we jump into Barrie, um, what, what kind of things, was it just that one in Florida, or did you have some other American investments? Uh, I did a few things in Florida. I did a bit of wholesaling. Um, you did wholesaling I, in Florida? I did, yeah. Yeah, okay, I, did. So I think I, th I did three, three, like not a lot. So, and when you say wholesaling, so you, you tied up private deals and then sold them to somebody else? Yes. How on earth did you, did you move there? Tell us about no. this a little bit. No, I was based out of uh, Fort Myers. That was, that was my place of choice. And uh, I had a, a fantastic coach there. She was a real estate agent and uh, now, holy cow, she's written, written books and she's got this huge coaching program. She's in several states now, but uh, she really helped me through the process. So uh, I have an LLC down there. I have to file taxes down there every year, but I'm not active down there anymore. So I did, I did some wholesaling and then I did buy some development property. It's very cool. So how does... <laughs> I don't want to get tied up on this too much. We've got lots of stuff to talk about, but hey, we got some time. Yep. Um, how, how do you go about wholesaling there? Can you explain that process a little Pretty bit? Pretty much the same as here. Pretty much the same as here. You find a great deal. You have a list of uh, interested investors. You find out what they're looking for, where they're looking for, like they're looking for you know, a, a three-bedroom, two-bathroom. They want it in a particular area. And, uh, and you go hunting for properties. And when you find one that's a good deal, you run the numbers and then you call up your two or three potential uh, investors and, and one of them takes it. And so these are MLS deals though? Not necessarily, no. No, you get connected through, uh, well, for me, it was through my coach, through my real estate agent and they had, they do a lot of pocket stuff down there, or they did a few years ago. I don't know if they still do it now. There was a lot of stuff that happened privately. You know, a guy who knows a guy who's selling his house or, you know, I, my neighbor across the street is talking about uh, downsizing, that sort of thing. So actually not one of my three wholesales was on any sort of an MLS. You know, to me, this just sounds like a mind over matter. You know, you decided to make that work thing because quite frankly, like I can think of so many reasons why it shouldn't work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, um, like, well, why doesn't the agent just have a, some buyers? I mean, if it's me, I've got buyers. I've got buyers all day long yeah. for pocket deals. I don't need, I don't need somebody to try to wholesale it for me. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. So this just goes to show that really, if you set your mind to something, then you can go ahead and do it. I think that's very true. Opportunity to go ahead and do stuff like that. Yeah, that's very true, Rob. And also it goes to um, having a great team around you. Mm -hmm. So I had my list of investors. I knew exactly what they were looking for. They were open to my calls. They knew I could run the numbers. They knew that what I was bringing them was, was quality stuff. Um, and then the other part of the team, of course, was my 
she was a real estate agent, but she was also a coach. We did, uh, she does this awesome thing. It's called um, Fix, Flip, or Run. Okay. And so we do these property tours, much like we all do in all different areas, but her property tours, she, we would, a group of us would go around and we would go to a, a, maybe a, a listing or maybe a, a, an unlisted or maybe a vacant. And uh, we would go through and, and observe things, things that we had learned to look for. And then we would be given these cards and on, uh, we would each have a fix, flip or run. And so we'd all gather around the counter and bam, down goes the cards. And then we had to explain why our decision. And you learn so much that way, man. So much. It was that really great. And that was part like of her that. program. Yeah, that was part of her program. It was really good idea, awesome. Rob, for your next tour. I think you should yeah, do that. I like that. <laughs> oh, I hope it's not copyrighted or trademarked or anything. I'll just call it something else. Call it something else. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a great yeah. learning experience. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. I like it. Um, okay, so now we're back in Barrie. Yes. And you decided to focus a little more on investments in that area. So how did things go from there? Um, I started to build a power, power team here. I got in touch with people who were doing the things that I wanted to do in my area successfully. Uh, you probably know many of them. Um, and, uh, and, and I also started to go to meetups, uh, found some meetups, some really great ones, Durham, of course, uh, York region. I spoke there last night, actually, at the York region, uh, real estate investment meeting, the one by run by, uh, Gary McGowan. By Gary? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, so I started to build my power team, uh, here in Barrie. I had, uh, two agents that were investor focused. Uh, I t as it turns out, I just work with the one now mostly. And uh, basically she only ever sends me when I'm looking for something, she'll only ever send me something where she's pretty much done the numbers. She's an investor herself and she's also very creative and visual. So I love looking at properties with her and uh, she says, you know, do this and this and this. And she's also very up on uh, the local bylaws and how to second suite legally and, and so she's just a delight to work for. So I just, you know, okay, I'm ready. I've, I've, I've got some money in my pocket and I'm ready to buy. And uh, we just went from there. And now you've shifted your focus to uh, more seniors. Yes. So what, what are some of the options available for seniors who are downsizing now then? <laughs> that opens a whole can of worms, Rob, because... Um, as you know, demographics are changing in Canada. At the last census, 2016, 15% of us in Canada were over the age of 65. And it's projected that in 2030, 25%, that's one quarter of all Canadians are going to be 65 or over, which is considered senior. So, the options that are available, now I focus particularly on women uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, there's probably a lot more of them around that age than, uh, than there is men. And, uh, and I had, st had to start somewhere. Not to say that Rose Hill Heights will always be for women, but uh, I started with women. So for a, a senior woman who, um, who is perhaps still in her family home, uh, she's single by divorce or uh, death, widow, uh, her children, 
as our children do, are all growing up, moved away. Some of them live overseas. Some of them live, you know, hours away. She's rattling around in this old house that is completely paid off. And she's sitting on, you know, maybe here in Barrie, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars She's not happy because there's, there's a huge burden with home ownership. With, at our age, we can manage it. But somebody who's maybe 70 has difficulty with uh, maintaining a house and yet enjoys the lifestyle that that house allows her to have, her entertaining, uh, her socializing, uh, just even the status that she has attached to that house. So her choices, um, there, there's a rental and there's a purchase. So if she was gonna purchase something, she would probably downsize to a condo. Uh, here in Barrie, we have a few condos around the lake. You're looking at probably around 400,000 to get into a condo and then you've got fees. Um, so that ties up a good bit of your, your capital that you get from selling your house. Um, there's something new on the market now. It's not entirely new, uh, it's co-ownership. And I found in my research that co-ownership really works best when it's organic. When there are four friends that get together, sell their houses and buy something renovated and live there. And uh, a good testament to that would be the Golden Girls of Port Perry. So everybody look that up when I'm done here. Golden Girls of Port Perry. Uh, anyway, so, so they've done great and they've done some, uh, some speaking at, at various uh, locations. And uh, I know uh, one of them personally, and they've really helped me on this journey. So, so there's a co-ownership model, but what's happened now is um, investors are purchasing very large homes and uh, converting them into a co-ownership environment. So they're building suites, uh, bed sitting room or bedroom and a den and a bathroom, private bathroom, and then the rest of the house is shared. But the rest of the house, you own your unit, but the rest of the house is kind of um, uh, shared expenses. So uh, you're talking utilities, taxes, property maintenance, all, it's, it's all shared. So I think maybe the flaw there might be, what if all the units aren't sold in that house? How are they sharing those costs? Uh, what if granny in the basement runs a space heater 24 seven? Think of the hydro she's using and everybody has to cover that cost. So it just, it's, it's a little scary to me, but that's the new fractional ownership, co-ownership model that has appeared. Um, and the new, another new thing, well, not entirely new, is the retirement home. Now, a retirement home in, in our lives has always been somewhere where you go to be cared for. But newer retirement homes are seeing the opportunity where they can be uh, dividing the care into different areas. So you can now um, purchase uh, or rent uh, an apartment in a retirement home and it's independent living. So it's an apartment, it's, you've got a living room and a bathroom and a bedroom. You have a kitchenette though, because we all know about bylaws and kitchens and units and stuff. Uh, so you have to partake in their, in their meal plans. So you can, you can purchase that, you can rent that, uh, and it's obviously a very high cost. So those are three areas basically that might be open to somebody who might consider Rose Hill Heights. Condo, um, fractional ownership, or uh, a retirement community. Now for rental, we have, um, you know, typical things, they're luxury apartments. Um, sure there's some in, in, in all of our communities, 
they're very expensive, but they're very lovely. And that means that you're not obviously putting your capital into something, you're renting and you're investing your capital, which is a great thing. One of the problems with that, Rob, you mentioned it earlier, is isolation. You just, you never know your neighbors, right? Um, another is um, perhaps uh, uh, a home in a retirement community. Up here in Barrie, we have this place, it's called Sandy Cove Acres. <laughs> Even just the name, I think that comes from the 1960s, but it's it's essentially a trailer park for mature people. It's a 55 plus um, uh, environment. They're, they're, they're trailer homes and it's a land lease. And so there's money up front and, uh, but it's a community. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah, it's is mandatory in the name for, for those kind of things, I believe. Yeah. Of acres on the end. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. So if you ever have, you know, a hobby farm or something, don't put acres on the end of the name. <laughs> anyway, so those are the options and they're not really all that attractive. And I think that the one that is probably the, the most enticing and the least attractive is moving into independent living in a resort style um, uh, retirement home. Because, I mean, it's wonderful, opulent, uh, restaurant amenities uh, but you know what when you move into a retirement home you don't move out again right so even if you're going in for independent living the next step is assisted living and the step after that is you know memory care or or fully assisted living so I'm not sure that somebody who might consider shared housing at Rose Hill Heights is really ready to make that psychological leap into this is my last move it's independent living but it's it's a retirement home so those are the options that are out there right now okay mm -hmm. so not very many though no but still there's more now right so mm -hmm. so we talked a little bit about the, the advantages and disadvantages of, of those then is there is there anything yeah. else to add on those like some uh some real major advantages or disadvantages of those options um, I think the disadvantage of purchasing is that it ties up your capital, right? So here's our lady who has just sold her house mortgage free, 800, 900,000. And I know you guys have never heard of anything selling for that, but you guys are probably all over the millions in the Hamilton and Durham region. But so she's got eight or nine hundred thousand dollars. And uh, if she chooses to purchase a condo downtown Barrie, she wants to stay in the community. First of all, she's looking at, say, easily 400000 up front. So that cuts her earnings right in half, all of that profit right in half. Um, from there, you've got your monthly fees. So you've got your condo fees, which are outrageous in some of those towers. You've got your utilities, your insurance. For, you have to buy your parking spot. I mean, so you could be looking at another $3,000 a month on just living expenses, right? So that's a disadvantage of going the condo route. Um, I think one of the advantages, well, I'll get into Rose Hill Heights later. Uh, one of the advantages of renting, whether you uh, rent an apartment or um, an independent living suite, is that you're not tying up that capital. So you can carefully invest that capital for your future when you're in your 90s and when you need some real care. So you, you've got that 
bit of freedom. And then depending on the cost, I mean, here in Barrie, if you're renting a luxury apartment on the lakefront, you're probably starting at around $2,800. Um, not necessarily all inclusive. So you probably have some costs on top of that also. So you could be looking at $2,000 on top, you know, of, of just regular expenses, your monthly expenses for, for renting an apartment. So that one doesn't have quite so many downsides as uh, actually investing your capital in something. But the biggest thing about both of those disadvantage is um, isolation. And that's the real issue, I think, for seniors right now. Um, it's come up several times. There was a recent study that uh, said that senior isolation uh, has the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day on your longevity. So it's a real problem. And I can see that. I can see that in some of the seniors that I've worked with. So, you know, some of your friends have passed away, uh, your husband passed away, or, or you're single by choice, your kids live in other countries. And so you don't get out to the grocery store when it's snowing and you're not really eating all that well. And then, oh gosh, it's raining. Do I really want to go to church group tonight? And, and so they're self-isolating. And along with that comes, you know, depression and, and self-esteem issues and stuff like that. And, and just aloneness. And Rob, even you alluded to sometimes where you feel isolated. And, uh, and so you know what that feeling is. The winters are long here. <laughs> yes, win the winters are a lot longer in Barry, man. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah. So that's some long of enough. the advantages and disadvantages of the, of the rental and the purchase model in terms mm -hmm. of, of that. Hmm. And so Rosehill Heights, you've obviously seen a, uh, a, a, an opening here in the, in the market yes. as, a, as an entrepreneur here to, to tap yes. into this and both Maybe, maybe it's good financially, but it's also definitely good uh, as far as helping out some of these, uh, these seniors. So what is that all about? Yeah, what does so the Rose Hill Heights do? What, what, what's your vision for it all? Rose Hill Heights, uh, we have the house now and uh, just finishing up the renovations. We're starting to, uh, to do tours and open houses and all that sort of thing, uh, looking for tenants. So Rose Hill Heights is uh, a beautiful ranch bungalow. It's in an upscale, highly desirable neighborhood in Barrie. Um, it backs onto the Ardaw Bluffs, and uh, those people who aren't familiar with Barrie, that is uh, 518 acres of environmentally protected land with 17 kilometers of groomed trails through this, uh, through this mature forest. So this house backs right onto that, uh, right onto that. So there's no neighbors behind, it's very private. Ranch bungalows, so you walk in the main floor, and uh, the main floor uh, we have, uh, let's see, we've got the uh, uh, formal dining room, formal li living room, uh, huge eat-in kitchen open to a um, family room. Uh, we have two suites upstairs, which is a bed sitting room and a private bathroom. On the first floor, we also managed to get a laundry in there. So I've got a stacker unit up there. And uh, this property in particular has a, has a powder room, which is great. So any of the ladies who are having guests come over and, you know, book club in the living room or whatever, uh, the guests can use the powder room. They don't have to enter somebody's private space to use the bathroom. So that was a real bonus about this property. So being a ranch bungalow, uh, it's a walkout 
downstairs. So we have two units downstairs, all above grade. Two units downstairs, uh, bed sitting room and bathroom. We also have another family room down there, which has another TV and seating. Uh, we have a kitchenette. Of course, we don't want to cross any bylaw rules here, so there's no cooking down there, but we do have a microwave, a fridge, uh, you know, a kettle, coffee maker, dishwasher, everything that you would need. And there's a walkout to a, to a patio in, the, in this beautifully landscaped yard, which backs onto mature forest. So it is, it's just, it's highly, highly desirable. And um, the socioeconomic demographic that is alone in her house right now, her kids have moved away, she's starting to, to feel isolated. This would be one of her choices because it's at the standard to which she is used to living. She is, she, she might even be living in this neighborhood right now. So, so the house is really, really beautiful. All of the common areas are professionally decorated and furnished. I worked with somebody that was uh, uh, involved in geriatrics when I chose the furniture. So the recliners, they're electric uh, because often older people have shoulder issues, can't reach the handle to get the, uh, the foot part of the recliner up. Um, we have counter height uh, kitchen table and chairs because it's easier to get in and out of the chairs. Um, just little things like that that really make a difference to older people. So I, I furnished the whole place with that in mind also. So what I'm trying to build in Rose Hill Heights is a community within the house. So downstairs is furnished somewhat sparsely. We have a kitchenette for convenience. We have a family room, uh, you know, in case somebody doesn't want to participate in Netflix night upstairs. But upstairs is furnished for the four ladies. And I expect that that's where a lot of the activity will happen. In the common room, the, the book club will meet in the, in the living room and uh, Mary will have her, her birthday dinner in the formal dining room when she has her family over. So there's going to be a lot of activity up there. And the very best part about it is that there's, it's a family unit, right? So if Mary is up every morning at 7.30 having her tea on the back deck, and Joan gets up at 8 o'clock, and she gets to grab her tea, and she goes out to the back deck, and Mary's not there, you'd be darn sure that Joan's going to be tapping on Mary's door saying, everything okay? Can I get you a cup of tea? So it's kind of, um, it eliminates the social iso isolation, the, the fear of a fall and nobody finding you for three days. Um, it's just somebody else at the same age and stage of life, a like-minded senior woman living in the same house. So mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest <clears throat> benefit. Now, the second biggest benefit I feel and what my research has indicated is that it's, um, it's one all-inclusive rent. And as the owner of the house, I'm willing to offer month to month. I'm willing to offer a year lease. Um, you know, it's entirely what fits with the woman's needs. Um, the rent is, uh, it's all-inclusive. So that's utilities, cleaning, blazing fast internet, awesome premium cable package, uh, grass cutting, garden maintenance, uh, snow removal, even shoveling of the walkways are taken care of, all the property maintenance, parking, everything you can imagine is pretty much included in there except food. So um, 
unlike a, a, you know, a condo or an apartment, you don't have multiple bills. So you're not, oh gosh, did I pay that? Um, it's, it's just one all-inclusive price. And the way that it's priced is to uh, attract the ideal tenant, which is that socioeconomic demographic um, who would be considering a luxury apartment or purchasing a condo as they downsize, but they're concerned about isolation. They're concerned about investing capital that could tie up. Um, and so that's the person that I'm looking for. So yes, it's affordable for that group. I often get calls from individuals, low-income seniors, and I, I have a, a, an abundance of contacts that can help them. But that's not exactly my, my uh, target audience or my perfect client. So, right. Like this isn't yeah. just a small little room in the corner of a building no. somewhere. No, yeah. it's really not. It's really not. Um, where did you get the idea for this? <laughs> it kind of came at me from, from two places. Emotionally, it came from an experience that I had. Uh, my video, uh, Inspiration and Vision, is on my website, and, and you're welcome to look at that. But to sort of okay. um, uh, encapsulize that, I had a, 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 an older friend who was in one of these resort-style uh, retirement homes and she was just she was living high off the hog man we had such a great time together uh, and uh, she ran out of money her money was being handled by somebody else she didn't really know how to write a check she was of that generation where it, it just it just comes money just comes and things happen so essentially she ran out of money she had to move from this lifestyle into a long-term care facility in another city. Her name came up. She had very little choice. She moved into this long-term care facility. Uh, her lifestyle changed. The quality of her life changed. And uh, the very last time I saw her um, was at Christmas in 2017. And the day after I, I visited with her, we had a great visit that day, by the way thank God. And uh, she went into the hospital and uh, passed away a few days after that. And so I started thinking about how does somebody not know how much money they have? How does somebody run out of money? I mean, who's doing the budgeting here? Uh, isn't there a better way to do this? Did she really have to be spending $8,000 a month in this resort style retirement home? It had a hair salon and a movie theater and all that. Or could she have had the same social experience in another setting? And I remember her talking, here we go, remember her talking about the Golden Girls. And I'm sure you both know about the Golden Girls on TV, you know, four and then five older women who came up with a very creative solution to a living situation. And, uh, and it, it was just, it was hilarious. It was, it was a great thing. And I remember my friend talking about, um, she had so many friends. Oh, wouldn't it be great if we could all just get a, a big house together and, and just live together and, and we'd have, you know, friendship and, and we could do things and we would have activities. And, and so there was that part of it that kind of niggled in the back of my mind. And then the other part was kind of my investor hat, uh, having student rentals in my portfolio, understanding that it is entirely feasible to rent a house uh, by the room, basically, and have unrelated people live together in harmony. 
basically. And so I kind of put those two things together, spent the next year and a bit doing research and came up with Rose Hill Heights. Now, I'm sure it's not just as easy as, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and then you go do it. You said you did a bunch of research, so you must have had to work with the city, figure out <laughs> what they Yeah, like, tell us a little bit about all of that. Oh, gosh, that's top secret, Rob. <laughs> okay, yeah, so um, the first thing I had to do was to research uh, older people, seniors, to see if this was even something that they would be interested in. So I did, you know, focus groups and survey monkey, and I talked to people. I went out to senior meetings, and um, my research very uh, clearly said that there were some definite priorities, which I based Rose Hill Heights on. Number one finding was they want their own bathroom. That's it. I mean, we all would, right? Uh, second thing is location. The location is so vitally important. They have to be able to walk to transit if they want to. They have to be able to walk to coffee. They have to be able to walk to the drugstore. They have to be able to get some groceries. And they have to be able to walk to all of these places. Rose Hill Heights claims, and I can substantiate because I walked it myself. We can walk to a Tim Hortons and a Starbucks. We can walk to a Shoppers Drug Mart and a Rexall. We can walk to a Food Basics. And the best thing of all, we are less than half a kilometer from the Holly Rec Center, which is a city-run recreation center, arenas, pools, programming, all sorts of stuff like that. Not to mention, for our more sprightly seniors, the 17 kilometers of hiking trails right out the back door. Mm -hmm. So location was supremely important to my seniors. Um, the third thing was a house. They wanted a house. They wanted a front door. They wanted a back door. They wanted a deck. They wanted a patio. They wanted a yard. They wanted gardens. They didn't want to live in, um, in an apartment building or a condo building uh, or an institution. Mm -hmm. So they wanted a house. And uh, the fourth thing was they didn't want to feel crowded which was challenging for me because I had to find something within a reasonable price that was big enough to be able to put these four suites with private bathrooms and then have enough common areas that each one of my women can have a guest over and not be crowded. One can be using the living room, one can be using the back deck, one can be using the family room downstairs so they can have guests and they won't be in each other's faces. So common area was very important to them. So further research, okay, experts. <laughs> yeah, I worked with the city. Um, I also had uh, an interesting experience that lasted several months with a psychologist who helped me put together a tenant screening protocol, which is significantly more in-depth than uh, a typical residential um, application and interview, basically, when you're filling your residential vacancies. When you're dealing with seniors, you really have to look at, uh, you're not going to get an employment letter in the last two pay stubs. So you have to really go in depth when it comes to their income, essentially. Uh, you have to go in depth to um, who, who supports them, where are their family, who are their family. And we have to get a little bit intrusive around their power of attorney. As the landlord, I need to know who to call when something goes wrong. <laughs> 
So it, it, gets, it gets very involved. And then the third part of the tenant screening is all about um, history, past, future, vision, dreams, likes, dislikes, habits. And that's how I can ensure that I can put the like in like-minded women so I can ensure harmony in the house. So that's the theory. So that was a huge project. That took about three months to work on that screening process. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're, you're probably going to ask about the lease. Uh, as I said before, I'm willing to offer month to month. I'm willing to offer a year lease, whatever works for them. I have that flexibility. I'm not a corporation. I'm not an institution. Um, uh, so I have that flexibility, but uh, I did have to spend a significant amount of time uh, working with uh, legal legals, uh, being able to develop some clauses that can go into the standard lease that can help me to um, help my ladies understand when it's time to move on because Rose Hill Heights does not provide any senior care. So once somebody starts to decline, evidence of decline, whether it be, you know, emotional or physical, uh, we need to put things in motion so that uh, the lady knows that it's time for them to move on to their next step. So the legal eagles cost an arm and a leg and a lot of months of work um, helped me develop some top secret things that go into the lease that allow me to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then another thing, the insurance industry didn't know what the heck to do with me. We based it off of student rental uh, income. So of course there's a higher liability uh, and uh, it's structured a little different, but my clientele, we have seniors in the house. So I had to come up with, uh, you know, I've got all the grab bars as per uh, regulations. Um, I've got chair height toilets, all of that sort of thing. So, so I had to meet a lot of very strict subjectives for the insurance industry to be able to get insurance. So there was so much that happened behind the scenes during that year um, before Rose Hill Heights actually became bricks and mortar. A lot of work. Yeah, it sounds like you put a lot of research into it. You didn't yeah. just rush into it. You wanted to make sure that you were building yeah. exactly what people were looking for. Yeah, yeah. I also worked a lot on my own credibility in that time. For example, uh, Rose Hill Heights is a member of the Barry Senior Services Network community. Um, I also uh, have participated in the City of Barry Senior Advisory Committee. Um, I am working with a local CARP executive on a special project right now. Uh, CARP is Canadian Association for Retired People, for those of us that might be under 50. Okay. Um, so it, my own credibility, my own knowledge, and my own immersion into the senior community um, is happening too, also at the same time. Oh, that's, that's interesting. And I think you are offering something definitely uh, unique Mm -hmm. Now, is this, or do you plan to continue to scale this model? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you bet. That's why I'm trying to get these processes and um, uh, checklists and uh, everything sort of in order. And I will be managing the house for the first year that I have tenants, just so that I can be sure to iron out all these bugs. And, and then we'll move on to the next one. So um, Rose Hill Heights shared housing for senior women is for women right now. This house is for women right now. I fully expect that the next one could be co-ed. 
the next one after that might be married couples downsizing, wanting to live in this sort of this lifestyle choice. And uh, there's some discussion in the, uh, in the gay community that uh, they're having some difficulties as their older generation are moving into retirement homes. They're not being able to live the lifestyle that they choose in a retirement home environment. And so they're really excited about this lifestyle choice. So uh, it's endless. This is just the first one. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. it sounds like there's lots of opportunity there too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, any any other big plans for your business? Is that, I, I know that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Um, I think that my portfolio right now is in a place where I'm quite comfortable. My initial strategy was, you know, buying the single family home, putting in the legal second suite. I did a few of those. I, I've got a couple of student rentals in there and I'm happy with all that. I'm happy where they are. I'm happy that, you know, I'm getting appreciation and pay down and, and I, I self-manage. I'm, I'm happy with my tenants. I've got those processes in place. And I think from now on, I'm, I'm going to be focusing on Rose Hill Heights because once I get this first one filled and get some of those bugs worked out, which happens in every new model, I think that there are going to be investors knocking down my door. And I know that there's going to be a waiting list of seniors who are, who are going to want this lifestyle. So my real goal is to have this shared housing environment, hopefully Rose Hill Heights, uh, on the radar in the next five years as one of the options for seniors who are not ready for the pine box, who are healthy, independent, and still have a good 20, maybe 30 years to go. I want them to have this as an option, as a lifestyle choice when it comes to downsizing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we, as we continue on, and like you said, there's going to be a lot more seniors, but I believe yeah. they're also in a lot better shape than yes. they used to be, right? They're, yes. they're younger at heart and really in, in body as well, I, I think. You're so, absolutely right about that, Rob. In fact, I, I have to say, um, an author some time ago, somebody that I, I follow, um, who happens to be running for president in the U.S. right now, um, Marianne Williamson, she described it as, um, as we're living longer now. We're living 10, 20, even 30 years longer. Used to be you retire at 65 and you kick the bucket at 69. You don't need a lot of retirement planning, mm -hmm. right? But now people are living healthy into their 90s. So we've got 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. We've got to have 30 years of healthy retirement. These are gift years. They're not, they're not fraught with illness and sickness and, and hospitalization. For most of us, they won't be because we, we're more knowledgeable. We have a healthy lifestyle. We know how to eat properly. We exercise. Those are gift years. So let's, let's give them the joy that they deserve. Let's give them some more choices about their lifestyle. So yeah, we're living longer and more healthy. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah it's interesting you said just student rentals. That's what I was kind of picturing. They would look at it as too. It's uh, <laughs> kind of like a, it's kind of similar, right? Just a different demographic. It's interesting that you should say that, uh, Sandy, because there's a woman in town here in Barrie who is doing an 
outstanding job. She is converting her student rentals to senior rentals. Mm -hmm. So when the students move out, she's moving seniors in. Okay, I mean, there's a little upgrading to the house, of course, mm -hmm. but she's moving seniors in and she's addressing the need for those low income seniors because the rooms are going for the same as they would for the students, you know, anywhere between five, $700. And she's addressing that need. So that's awesome, Sandy. That's, that's really uh, very um, insightful of you to see that the, the relationship there. So she's doing it for the low income seniors and I'm doing it for the, the different socioeconomic demographic. Now there's someone here in Hamilton doing the same actually for, I, yeah. I think it's the same thing. It's kind of geared towards the lower, lower income bracket yep. of that, uh, that group. But yep. I thought it was a great idea too. And then, and then yeah. uh, just hearing you talk about it, it, it uh, it's uh, definitely a need for that. Absolutely. Yes. We can all kind of see that. Uh, yes. As, uh, baby boomers get older as well. Right. So. Yeah. 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 And I mean, well, if you think about it, really, if you're converting your current student rentals, most mm -hmm. of the time, uh, if you've bought them, as student rentals, they're not quite, they, they, they're, you're not afraid to put students in them. That's the condition they're in. Let's put it that way. Right. So, yeah. So most yeah. of the time they're not going to convert easily into what you're trying to build. No, they wouldn't convert at all actually, Rob, because student rentals, generally you have three or four sharing a bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe on one floor and on another floor, you could have three or four sharing a bathroom and it's not ideal. I mean, from my research and my socioeconomic demographic, the number one thing that they wanted was a private bathroom. So this, this model, the, this, this changing the student rentals, I mean, certainly upgrading painting and repairing holes in the drywall, <laughs> replacing the carpet and the flooring. <laughs> And probably the bathrooms in the kitchen too, but moving seniors into that sort of environment. Sure. There, there could be three or four of them sharing a bathroom and a kitchen, mm -hmm. but um, it's addressing the need for low income housing for seniors. It's awesome. Great. Um, okay. Well, I mean, we've gotten a ton of info today. Any other Great. questions that you want to cover, Sandy? Um, well, I think we got a ton on the, on the um, Rosehill Heights and the, the senior yes. living and all that. That's, I think that was awesome. Um, what else? We, we, did we talk about, uh, you had an interesting story on something around your uh, illegal second suite conversion. We didn't talk about that yet. <laughs> that was that my story? funny story. You want to hear my funny story? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay, so it's the very first one I did, right? Okay, and I'm project manager. I'm arranging trades. I learned how to do this through education and, and you know, meetups and particularly in Durham, like uh, he always says, and who are the contractors in the room? And so you really get to to talk to people and learn things in, in an environment like that. So I was project manager. I coordinated the trades. I coordinated material deliveries. I was pretty strict when it came to uh, the work site, the job site. I have steel toes. I have a hard hat. I always wear gloves. I have eye protection. And I am really kind of strict about my people, my workers, making sure that they're safe. Um, so there was one day, actually, I think it might've been even the first day, uh, everybody had gone home. It was starting to get dark and this was a rented premises. So, so there was some stuff left on the walls and in the cupboards. And 
So I, I changed out of my work clothes. I put on my sneakers, took off my gloves and everything. And I was just wandering around the house. I was taking out down pictures and cleaning out cupboards and filling trash bags. And so I get into the master bedroom and there's this huge freaking big mirror on the wall. And I, I, I examine it closely and I find out that the frame is screwed to the wall. So I'm thinking, okay, so that frame that's screwed to the wall is probably holding that mirror onto the wall. Might be PL, might be glued on, I don't know. So I start backing off the screws very gently, very gently. Sure enough, down comes the mirror. It was like two feet by three feet, huge, straight onto my toe. Of course, took off the steel toes, straight onto my toe. Oh, you didn't I have down. your steel toes on anymore. No, everybody had gone home at the end of the day. Man, I was taking down pictures. What could happen? You're working. Oh, man. Well, I know that now. Oh, my that, gosh. On to your that, toe. So I looked down. I looked down. And sure enough, the, the end of my sneakers starting to uh, turn a, a lovely bright red color. And, but that's not even the funny part. Well, it wasn't funny. Well, it is kind of funny, but the funny part it's was- It's not funny. Okay, it's not funny. And I have pictures <laughs> I, can, I can send you. You can put them up on the website if you like. Oh yeah, anyway. do, do that. Send them <laughs> Well, not. No, um, definitely do, send them. Are you sure? Okay, yeah, I will. Yeah, we'll put them up. I will, okay. Uh, but that's not the funny part. The funny part is behind this mirror, somebody had carefully framed between the studs a hiding area mm -hmm. so who the heck knows what was in there fire oh, there was arms, nothing in there firearms drugs who knows what was in there but that was definitely a hiding place okay so it wasn't even drywall behind that mirror so you just loosen it slide the mirror down that was the plan stuff. right right and here's this big hole that had literally been framed in there between the studs mm -hmm. so wouldn't it have been cool if i found cool. like i don't know live stuff like i don't know snakes or or a gun or or drugs i could sell to finance my project <laughs> i mean wouldn't it be awesome if i found something like that so yeah that was that was nothing probably, in there did you dig deep maybe you missed it no it was carefully framed yeah, whatever was in there was not meant to seep down the wall. Okay. All right, then. Yeah, but it was pretty funny because uh, I, I'm pretty sure that was the first day. That was on demo day. The, the first day on my first project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So lesson learned. From then on, I, I left my steel toes on until I got home. Mm -hmm. And uh, just so you know, I put my steel toes on the next day and went to work. I never missed one day of work. So that toe was crammed into those steel toe boots, man. <laughs> and I put in a full day of work every day from then on until the project was finished. Well, it sounds like fun. No more, no more, uh, <laughs> no more blood on the, no. on the site after that. No. no, I still have all my digits. Yeah, we're all good. And I don't project manage anymore either. <laughs> you don't? Oh, okay. No. Yeah. It's one of those things where it is good to do. You gain a lot of experience and that kind yes. of thing. But as you go, you realize, like, as time becomes more the commodity yes. than the money itself, then, yes. it, yeah, people tend to start moving away from it. Well, that's um, exactly right. And it's the value of your time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have 
one tip for people starting out or some advice for people just starting out in real estate investing? Rob, I can't limit that to one tip. Well, you don't want to give away (laughs) everything. I won't give away everything, but yes, I do some coaching and uh, I love coaching new investors. Investors who've dabbled a little bit, but they haven't actually pulled the trigger, they haven't done any action. Those are my favorite investors. I love coaching them. So first thing, get some education, whether it be through, I don't know, Legacy or uh, Rain through an Acre Weekend, get some education. Be in a room with experienced investors learn, just, just, you know, learn the theory. Uh, second is meetups. Oh my gosh. People are going to say that they're sick of seeing me either that or they see me <laughs> everywhere. Right guys. Do you see me everywhere? I go to so many real estate investment meetups, uh, in a room. I could probably name half the people in there because mm-hmm. I've gone, I've gone to those meetings for the last three or four years and they are still invaluable to me still. But for new Mm -hmm. investors, go to some meetups. Um, I think that also you need to find yourself a coach, a mentor, shadow somebody, just find somebody who's doing what you want to do and um, follow them. Mm -hmm. Get coaching, get mentoring, just, just go on some of these property tours, get out there, get your boots on the ground, get out there. And I think the very, the most important thing is um, action. Mm-hmm. You have to take action and not taking action is also a choice. For those of you listening to this, who have just found the podcast, you're going to notice a trend in the, uh, in the advice that our guests give, yeah. you know, really it's surrounding yourself with the people that are doing what you want to do. Yep. And it's taking action. Those are the two biggest ones, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debbie, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Probably the best way is through my website, which is uh, newly updated. And uh, gosh, you, I, I think that on that website, you can even hit the little telephone icon and it'll come right through to my phone. It's really awesome. Uh, so that's www.rosehillheights.com. Uh, phone number is one eight three three four five six seven six seven three, and that's the Rose Hill Heights phone number. Uh, I'm very active on social media. You can just look up Rose Hill Heights. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of those. So you can find me. Okay, and we're going to, of course, put links to all of those things in the show notes for this episode. So if everyone missed it, couldn't write it down fast enough, you're driving, whatever, go to the website, click on Debbie's um, episode, and you will see all of her info there and how to get in touch with her. Uh, Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, Info at mckayrealsnetwork.com or 289-389-6846. And people can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca or 289-927-0464. Debbie, thank you. This has been fantastic. Really appreciate you coming on today. 
Thanks, Debbie. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy and Rob. You guys do a great job. And uh, one other thing, you got to listen to podcasts. So if you're starting out in, in this business, you got to listen to podcasts. A couple of really great Canadian podcasts out there and Breakthrough Real Estate Podcast is the number one. Oh, thank you so much. Awesome, thanks. Awesome. There are a lot of others out there now too. There are some good, uh, good shows to listen to. So yeah. definitely yeah. easy, easy, free for the most part uh, resource yeah. there for everyone to jump in on. So appreciate that. Thanks. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Okay, um, everyone. It's been uh, we've we've learned a lot again today, and I just want to say it's time for your breakthrough. So get out there and take some action.